Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Howdy, and welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is November 6th, 2018. I'm your host, Eric Clark. Thanks for joining me today, uh, where we do a live broadcast, live recorded broadcast is probably the right way to say that, and we are in the rut. It is it is the rut right now. It's picking up pace um if you pay attention to social media throughout the state you're going to see a lot of um (laughs) you're going to feel a lot of jealousy and envy but you're going to see a lot of activity and postings of people with beautiful bucks um big small doesn't matter there's a lot of activity going on and it's super cool to see this is a great time of year i feel like you know it's the month of christmas but just every day uh i couldn't be more excited i've been seeing a ton of activity myself been out a uh a I don't know, I think four or five times now for the season. Hopefully I can get out some more. We'll see how that goes. That being said, we did a live listener call-in show and Jeff Genke of The Hunting Beast joined me for that today or this evening. And we had a few callers call in to talk about the activity that they've been seeing. And we also discussed like, how do you deal with all the rain that we've been having here in Wisconsin specifically, in addition to what um, types of ways can you actually try to hunt the rut? So Hopefully it's a good episode and there's some value here. If you love the show, thanks for coming back and listening. Ratings mean a lot to me, so I appreciate those that have taken time out of their busy schedule to pause the show or put it on speaker or whatever and go to iTunes and give it a rating and and provide some valuable feedback that's super helpful to keep me going and uh, to help me figure out what everyone wants. But that being said, this is your show you're the community of public land hunting enthusiasts, so it makes sense to continue to do more of these user-generated call-ins and have you guys provide some content for the show that you love. Um, so thanks for tuning in. We're going to go ahead and get to the live recorded broadcast of Jeff and I and some of the callers from around the state. Okay, we are live, which is always awkward at first, but this time I have a guest with me in the background here. We got Jeff Genke. I'm saying the last name right, right? Genki. 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 This is a tough one. I tried to spell it, and I was like, I had to look it up. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, practice. G I E. The I before E and less after C. I don't know. And then they have nine and a K and yeah. an E. <laughs> so we wanted to talk about. First of all, we're here to take your calls. By the way, so interrupt us at any point. Call the number that you see on your screen. If I don't answer it, it's because I'm talking to someone and just try again. If you're listening, you'll know when that call ends and you can try again. Um, We want to talk about hunting in the rain because it's all it's been doing is raining. Mm -hmm. And we talk about hunt the rut because I think the rut, I think it's on. Mm -hmm. So looking to get a read on everybody else to see how their season's going so far. If you got any cool stories, would love to hear them. Um, Love to hear the activity you're seeing and how you're dealing with all the rain. So I don't know, how do you deal with the rain? You guys were out this weekend, right? We were. Nah, the last couple of weeks we've been hunting in the rain, too. Um, they'll move in the rain. The only time I find that they don't move in the rain is when it's an absolute downpour. So yep. if it's just pounding rain, you know, I don't want to sit in it. I uh, They'll move in the heavy rain, but I don't think they really like to do it. Sure. Um, anything that's a, like a light mist drizzle. That should be nothing. actually really good even, huh? Yeah, I mean, well, this past weekend we were in Minnesota. 
and it was raining and really windy and yep. we had bucks walking through and does walking through i mean we could have filled tags but uh two weeks or a week ago before that it was a constant light rain and i was sitting there i had a buck walk by 10 yards mm-hmm. he didn't even know you know so does the rain really do you think it actually does something like uh, i've talked about this with my dad about scent mm-hmm. that it I don't know if that makes it better or worse insofar as what the deer can pick up. Uh, I think it's a little harder for them in a way mm-hmm. because, you know, it kills off a lot of noise. Yeah. Everything's super quiet. They can't rely on their sense of hearing as much. But, I mean, they can still smell. They're still usually going to, if it's raining, it's going to be a, a wind or a breeze of some sort. And yeah. I do think that the super calm days, they hate walking on those days. Because they can't tell where What's, it's coming from, yep. if the wind's behind them and blowing past them, or using their eyes to look with it, or or whatnot. But Interesting. More of a wind. I've seen more activity on windy days. Welcome to the show. Who do we got? Uh, this is Chuck. Oh, hey. Hey, Dad. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't take more than two right, seconds. Figured... <laughs> yeah, okay. I figured that out. Well, you're live on yeah, the show, okay. Dad. This is a this is a first. Uh, well, I talk well, about you on the show cool. all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I listen here and there, and I hear Dad. And I've, I've heard sometimes that you've referred that I'm a little clumsy at times in a snap, but whatever. Yeah. Well, I've gotten some of those <laughs> that's, traits. That's where, that's where you get it from. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't fall far from the tree. You got you got time off yeah. of work this week. How's it going for you? Uh, well, I'd last week weekend off. I had three day weekend. I unfortunately only got out one day uh kind of slow but uh it was friday got out there and hunted got out for the full day i'll take a little break uh uh i know talked to another hunter who was out there the very next day who saw two or three bucks maybe 100 yards from where i was so he uh seen some few scrapes out there this man uh you know so it's going on but i guess you got to be in the right spot at the right time uh Talked to my brother last night. He's been hunting more. He's retired. He, it's been slow for him also. Okay. But uh, shocking. They he seems to be good. after a. He seems to be after a particular buck, but he, I don't think he's seen too much at all. And, you know, uh, uh, but this, you, you know, I guess you gotta you gotta get out there. So I have I get the whole next week off. So I'm certain I'll be out there tomorrow morning and hoping it's. I'll be thinking about you. I'll be very jealous when I'm in the office. Yeah, I'm just yeah. hoping uh, just the right there walks underneath me. Uh, you know, I'm just hoping to see a lot. You know, but and you don't you, never know you don't something. like cutting the rain a whole lot. I know. Um, you know, I got most of what I've learned has come from you, and uh, you see, like hunting in the rain. If it's if it's coming down hard, anyways, um, you know, if you shoot something yeah, hard, yeah, if it's hard, then then it's like yeah. Remember, you had a pretty. Uh, in the rain. You know, if it's, if, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. If it's opening weekend of gun season or something, hey, you got to get out there. But bow hunting is, it seems like you got to track through more. And it, it, yeah, you know, but I guess if it's misty, drizzly, that's not a big deal. Uh, and, you know, and then, you know, you, I guess it depends where you're hunting too. If it's a small parcel, private, you know, it, but if it's some public land, it's windy and drizzly or rainy, or whatever, then yeah, maybe get in there and mix it up more because you can get it and get in tighter to where you think that action may be. So. Yep. I mean, that's a good. Yeah, I guess. Good point though about like if you're gonna take a shot and you do hit one, depending on how hard that rain is or isn't, that's gonna really affect if you're gonna find it or your blood trail or how long you can actually wait for it. You know, if you got rain coming in. You might have to track right away on a subpar shot, and sometimes that's really bad situation. Yeah, too, I had so a few years tough. back where I, I had a shot, and I thought the shot was okay, whatever. But uh, uh, two hours later, it started right as he started tracking the deer. It started raining, and he went into a cattail marsh. And we had some blood, and it, it was just a steady—not a super hard rain, but not a light rain, steady rain. Mm-hmm. And uh, we heard a deer get up and chugging through the cattails i was like you know like damn you know got you know but what are you gonna do and the next day i went in there with some hip boots looking around and and there was no blood left at that time at all yeah and uh 
Yeah, that's the unfortunate part of it. But, I mean, it also allows you, too, when you're going in near a bedding area and it's wet and damp out that you can really slide in there. Yeah, you can. You can close. Yep. Yep. There's, yeah, there's ups and downs to that, exactly. You can, mm-hmm. yeah, and you can walk in so quiet. And if it's a little bit windy, yeah, and the brush is whipping around so you can, yeah, you know, definitely uh, ups and downs to it. But, yeah, bow hunting with the rain, it's a little, it's, Catch twenty two, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think sort of call, Dad. AKA yeah, Chuck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I listened. I, I listened today for your show from last week, and I think it's Jeff that's with you right now because I recognize yeah, his yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah. He said he, he said he was Dan, but that's <laughs> <was> funny. <laughs> well, now that we got a camera, I mean, he can maybe say it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is Dan Infold. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Dad, I'll let you go. We got, we missed one. I'll, I'll take another one when they come through. You got anything else to add? Okay. Feel free to pipe back in. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll keep you posted on how things go. Yeah, good luck this week. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye. Sorry, so I know I think we missed someone. Yeah. Just try again. That's how it's going to have to work for right now until I get a, some new software to park Drop calls. Drop us a line, guys. Uh, that's a good point, though, when you touched on that rain. Oh, what was it, the second week this year, I was sitting on the edge of this food plot. Well, it's not a food plot, it's an apple orchard. Uh, but I was sitting there, and I was watching a little small buck cut by. Mm-hmm. So I turned my head and watched him, and I was going to film him when he came back the other side of the tree. So I swung over, swung my head this way, and panning over with the camera, and get him, and I see him, and he's only like at six yards or so. I look straight down at the bottom of my tree, and all I see is this ginormous rack. <laughs> So it was just super quiet, too. You know, I never heard that buck come in. Mm-hmm. He snuck in behind me because I was watching where the bedding area was, yep. and I thought the travel was going to come across to the food source. Well, he came from a completely different bedding area, or he might have been bumped, or God knows where he was. But that rain, the, the leaves, everything was super quiet. You know, I would have never seen him until he would have walked right out. In a way, if that little buck didn't come, that big buck would have fed through because he was snorting sure. up acorns and he would have come right by and I would have shot him at like five yards. That would have been awesome, man. So, yeah, the rain got me on that one. But. Thanks for calling into the show. Who do we got? Greg Tubbs. Hey, Greg. What's up, big buck killer? Congrats on your buck, man. Oh, boy. Huh? You got ginky that you have ginky there with you. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of he knocked on my door. He's like, here, you're going live. <laughs> what are you doing tonight? <laughs> Yeah, Greg. What am a, I doing tonight? That's a slammer that I am uh, I am taping out a deer to hopefully bring to Trudell's <laughs> to have Jeff Ginky mount. Ah, uh, more work. I like you. <laughs> I can't wait till I can do that. You left enough cape on it, I hope. Well, I haven't started cutting yet, but I was thinking I might just cut, you know, right where the white meets the dark brown. What white you know, are you kidding. talking about? <laughs> There's a lot of white and brown areas. You want a neck mount or? Yeah, no, I'm not getting a neck mount. No, this we'll is going to be full-blown shoulder mount. Horn mount? No. Uh, I'm going to probably go uh, a good eight inches from behind the front shoulder. Unless yeah. you say otherwise. Uh, what I just generally tell people is, is if you know kind of where the bottom of the sternum meets the yep. like where that area is the bottom of the sternum yep. just ring all the way around the middle of the deer perfect and you know how to then cut like up the front leg like you want to go just yep. above the knee joint ring it right yep. there and then on the back side of the leg where the white and the brown hair pattern meet then kind of follow yep. that up and then just join that straight to your other line so you're making a great big flap on that sternum thing if you go on the Hunting Beast YouTube page, a few years ago I made a caping video out with Mario, and we videoed okay. the whole thing of one, and that'll just kind of show you how, if you got any questions. You can kind of forward through a bunch of the, the, the steps there at a quick pace if you got any questions, sure. but it just shows you what to do. But that's the easiest thing to do. All right. Well, I got your number otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> Leave enough. Greg, we gotta hear. Your, will. We gotta hear your story about this buck. And yeah. if you if you get a chance to dump a picture in the comment section, that'd be great for the other people listening in right now. 
dump a picture in the comments section. Oh, boy. That's well, my fancy talk. Yeah, it's pretty fancy. It's pretty technologically advanced. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that. See we'll, we well, I'll figure something out. Now it's a spike buck oh, boy. shot, right? Yeah, real, real big spike buck. <laughs> With lots of forks. <laughs> What was the weather conditions when you when you got them? What was it like? Uh, my opinion, there is no bad conditions unless it's spitting rain sideways and I'm freezing to the tree. Uh, I I enjoy it that much, but it was I don't know. I would say about fifty degrees and kind of slowly dropping. The wind was variable, coming straight from the south. Um, I picked this section of public land because of the wind direction and took the three quarter mile hike from the truck and, and started walking. So it wasn't too bad of a hike, not as bad as I've had. Um, was your destination a bedding area or were you between bedding areas like a uh, rut tactic? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing rut tactic guilty as charged. All right. Um, guilty as charged. It worked though. It worked in, I've scouted this area pretty heavily, so I know the area and I know when to see sign. Yep. You know, you guys talk about it on the beast all the time. When you see hot sign, you should probably throw a sit at it kind yep. of thing. Right at the moment. And Right at the moment. And, you know, every time I've come in here to scout this, I've been too late on the sign. It's already, you know, it's already been made. It looks like it's weeks old. Right. But it looks pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's usually hip high, hip high rubs or thereabouts a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, Four so old, I yeah. hit this spot. Yep, yep. It's Sorry, a. Bud. I'm I'm gonna have him aged. We'll see how old this deer is, but mm-hmm. it's a good three and a half, four year old. I would bet. Mm-hmm. Was he uh, showing but, signs of, of rut behavior? Was he chasing, or was he, he just kind of coming through, or what? What? Uh... No, he he was all on his own. Um, no, I did not see any deer. So it's kind of funny. The, the quick, quick and dirty story, I guess, is I made my walk. I got way to the north. There was a lot of guys pheasant hunting. The pheasant hunters were blasting away. And, you know, it's one of those things where you go, well, it is what it is. I'm here. I'm just going to throw a sit at it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I made it to the general area, did not even have the stand off my back, and I heard some busting and crashing around through a willow thicket in front of me here comes a hiker no lie (laughs) he comes out he looks straight at me doesn't really see me because i'm in my camel i don't have a face mask on Mm -hmm. and kind of just kind of looks around like he's he's acting like he's being watched and then he just kind of he jumps back and he goes holy Mm -hmm. hey (laughs) that's some cute camel and i'm like what yeah, cute camel. And then he just turns and runs the other direction. Hmm. Gone. Like, oh, that's pretty So neither one of you were on drugs, counter. to your knowledge? Wow. No, spooky. no, pretty sure. I, I had a cup of coffee that day. That was about as far as it went. Some good shit. Right. Uh, yeah, no, no special drugs. But, yeah, it was, it was kind of a, an interesting encounter. So I'm like, well, he just laid a whole bunch of scent on the ground, so who knows what's going to happen here. So that's an area and that's, that's traversed by hikers maybe frequently. Maybe that's not a bad thing that I've talked about that before. It, it must be. It must be. I don't see a lot of footprints in this area, and the DNR did not mow a path back in this area uh, like they usually do. So this guy came all the way up from a main trail all on his own and just wandering down animal trails. So it was kind of interesting. Maybe he does but it more frequent me. than you think, you know. I mean, those deer, if, he, if they see people, he might. they'll get used to it. Yeah, and they do because this area is very pressured by pheasant hunters and duck hunters and anybody else who wants to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I run three sticks. I threw. I got three sticks up the tree. Right. I got my stand all set, got settled in. A buddy of mine texted me. Mike Smith, in fact, texted me. Right, okay. Kind of funny. <laughs> from, uh, yep. Bait from Dick shop. Smith of Bait. Yep, yep, I know him pretty well. And uh, he goes, seeing anything? You up a tree? Yeah, just got up a tree. And then he didn't want to bother me anymore. And then 
I think my dad texted me and wanted to know what I was doing. Right. And I'm up the tree. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm busy. Uh-huh. So, so I hear pheasant hunters blasting, and they're getting closer, and then it, it, the blasting finally stopped, so they must have limited out, and they were gone. Well, squirrels started moving around, and there was a few oak trees over there. And then uh, I just caught, out of the corner of my eye, I caught a little bit of movement up on the top of this little ridge that dips down into this swampy bedding area. And it was that buck. Hmm. could barely pick out his rack because it was so thick in there. Then he hit an opening, and I saw his left beam. I'm like, yeah. I haven't shot anything in a while with horns. Mm-hmm. That one's uh, that one's fair. That one's fair game. Right. So then he came in and started working a rub right on the edge in the thick stuff. So there was a tree. There's a bunch of thick stuff in the way right before the trail. And uh, he looked another direction and took a couple steps the other direction. I'm like, uh, I got to do something about this. So I broke out the grunt call and I. I laid a real soft grunt. I didn't want to blow him out. And he never heard it because the wind picked up. Right. Oh, man. So then he took another step the other direction. Then I pulled the grunt call out of my jacket, turned it around, and pointed it behind me and let out a little bit louder. And then it got his attention. He turned around real fast. And it was like someone kicked him in the rear. Hmm. He put his head down and immediately hauled tail right through the thick stuff and out onto the canary grass. Yeah. And I was doing that. I was already stood up, so I came to full draw while I was trotting through the thick stuff. Wow. And I, I had a hole through the back, through through some of the thick stuff. There were some branches in the way. I had a hole about the size of a trash can to shoot through, and it was like it was meant to be. He stopped right there. Oh, man. Looking my direction, looking my direction like he was going to rip someone's head off. Mm-hmm. And then I just I let the big dog eat. Nice. Yeah, I, I cranked him pretty good. He, he he ducked down, jumped up, and took two bounds and stopped and turned around again. And I've never seen a deer so ticked off. <laughs> and he stood there looking back my direction. And all of a sudden he started licking his lips, and then he kind of hunched up like a cat. And then he sidestepped and he was done. Took yep. four bounds and he was, he was piled up, you know, in three-foot-tall canary grass and swamp grass, so... Uh-huh. It was all over with. It was done. How did you, f- dude? You must have just oh. felt like a million bucks. Well, I felt like one large buck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you know where he was bedded? I have a really good idea where he was bedded because I, like I said, I've scouted this spot. It's closer to public, and I think he, or it's closer to private. And yeah. he came from a piece of private land that nobody hunts. Were you set up on mainland, or like, or were you near an island? Or I was. Where was he? Where do you think he I came? Was, from? I was set up on a on a peninsula of mainland that goes down into a ditch, and then across the ditch, it's nothing but ten foot tall cane and a mix of probably some of the nastiest crap anybody will will go through. Mm-hmm. It's about as wired for sound as you're going to get. You're not getting in there quiet. Right. I mean, when we gun we gun hunt that, and when we gun hunt it, I pretty much got to put two or three shooters up high as I can, either on a step ladder, yeah, or we can find a good willow tree that the DNR hasn't poisoned off, right? That isn't dead <laughs> and standing, right? Find a dry you're trying spot. To make bark. Yep, you find a dry spot, mm-hmm. and you put a guy put a guy up there and tell him to watch for it and. Sometimes you win and sometimes you don't. Well, right. Wow. Oh, but we, I, I send a few of us through. We kind of still hunt our way around the guy that's shooting. Yep. Um, you know, the guy that's shooting knows where we're at, so you know he knows where he's got to shoot and and where he can't. Yeah, that's but, very similar to how we hunt those situations, you know. And if you can't go in there or get to a certain spot, just letting your scent drift in there and disturbing it that way right. to flush them out that's worked really well over the years yep and that's kind of what we're learning too as we go this group of guys that i've got it's a couple of younger guys and and uh uh an older well i got my dad and my uncle out there with me so mm-hmm. you know i can't have them tromping around two miles through a swamp i don't need my dad keeling over from a heart attack 
No. And but I mean, you my bring, uncle. Said, you bring up a really good point there too. You got the same group, and everybody knows the area, and everybody knows their job, so that when they go into a specific spot, they know where the bedding is, or they know what they've got to go through and wind bump or cover. Um, and that's exactly how we do all of our gun deer drives in the cattail swamp. Um, you've got to know it. You got to have a bunch of guys that you trust to go through there and won't like be too scared to get wet because if they get yeah. wet, they're not doing their job and those deer will hunker down and you sometimes almost have to literally step on them to make them move. You know, they'll scare the living hell out of you, but they'll just lay there. Yes, they we had one like that that my dad and I kicked up. We were real close to mm-hmm. it. I'm surprised he did get up because we didn't know he was there at all. And all of a sudden we heard all this back crashing and bang. We're like, oh. Yeah, he was right there, you know. Holy crap! Yep. Yeah, just like that. Oh, my uncle and I started hunting. Well, I got my uncle out in this piece about two years ago. I've hunted it probably for a good six, seven years, and you know, just kind of scratching the surface because I hunted a lot by myself. Mm-hmm. I still do hunt a lot by myself, but come gun season, the, the group comes with, and yep. and I'm getting I'm getting those guys to learn the area better, and they do, they do listen to me pretty good. You know, not like I, I need to be a boss and, and tell them what to do, but they know that we all want to get through places safely and, and and make it an enjoyable hunt. Yeah, but, but you know what? You, know, we've had you need to have somebody that's going to call the shots, otherwise you're going to have 20 different bosses. And I know when we do it, we kind right. of all let Dan kind of lead the way. And if people have different ideas, yeah. we usually talk about that before we start, but we mm-hmm. have w- one, you know, goal and breaking things down and following it and doing it opposed to having a coup on your hands absolutely yeah yep i've listened to you guys talk about that too on on other podcasts and and even through the youtube channel and it definitely holds true you know it's a it's a good place to start is to listen to the beast podcasts and and any any anything affiliated with the beast it's been good stuff you know well good you're on to a great way though greg i mean you got a doe this year you got a buck this year you were just at the workshop i've seen more bucks this year than any other year based on listening to these guys so these guys mean i'm a novice this year alone this this year alone i've actually probably hunted less but the one, the, the hunts that I've actually had time to sit, you know, a couple of weekends ago, I thought I was going to go sit that Sunday and I ended up, you know, getting buried crotch deep in swamp yep. muck water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to sit when it's blowing cold. I'm just going to keep walking because if I sit someplace, I'm probably going to start shivering and I won't be where the darn if one walks out and I can't no. make a good shot. That. That's a good so point. So I made it a scouting mission. Yeah, I made it a scouting mission. You know, you're out there, spend the time. I got out, you know, well before closing hour, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I was kind of bummed because I was, I had an idea where I wanted to sit, but the wind wasn't right. Right. And, you know, curiosity kind of got the best of me, and I, I kind of blew that spot out. Um, found some really good rubs. Mm-hmm. We're similar found, that way. That's I funny. found, I found the buck bed too. Yeah, but then and you gotta, you gotta. I, look at that whole situation like that even eric and greg you're both talking about it like you blew it out and you almost sound like you're disappointed because you were in there and you stirred it up and you didn't what you did was all you are doing is stacking another area to improve your odds right so nothing is ever waste the only problem is is i stack him onto some private land (laughs) and that makes it a little harder (laughs) so it just makes next year better because now yeah it just makes it just a little more difficult just a little bit more more difficult but Yeah, but once once that private landowner does his drive, he'll be back in that little patch again. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep, and and we'll give him a couple days, and we'll let him do his thing. I mean, this was a couple weekends ago, but I got a little more educated. I found yep. a whole line of rubs in an area where nobody walks. My boot prints are the only only ones in there. Reason being, again, you don't know if you're going to go hip deep, chest deep, or whatever exactly. to get to this spot. And are you, are you you're not wearing waders or you are wearing waders or you're not giving a crap? Eric, I've made the mistake of wearing waders while deer hunting and walking miles in neoprene waders <laughs> has got to be the worst thing on your feet, your back, 
Yep. I mean, there's places that get rubbed that shouldn't get rubbed. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I am aware. I did that in the summer once. I went on an excursion. You, you would have thought oh, I was deer man. hunting, but I was fishing. And uh, we ended up getting stuck in the woods for an hour or two longer than you should be in a hot summer day in neoprene waders. That was pretty terrible. Sweat to death. Yeah, it was rough. But, man, I, I wish someone would invent boots that just would turn into hip highs. Actually, so I prepared. have those. Well, you do, I saw some online. Jeff's got a sweet set, yeah, I, yeah, but they quit making that set. Yeah. And the only other thing that's available, there's a couple, I think, at Tasca and uh, Lacrosse make a set, but those are those are kind of older technology. I don't think they have a lot of great support in them for long walks. No, they're, those ones I have are called Cabela's Instinct Hip Waders, and they kind of just yep. roll down each leg, and they have a gator kind of that pulls over to them to make like a knee-high boot. I've had them for right. two years, and I, they've held up to what the crap we put through. There's another product right. um, called Dan's Frog Legs. Okay. You can pick the boot you want, if it's a lacrosse boot or a muck boot or whatnot, yep. and they'll take these. Uh, they're basically the same thing, the different material, a little thicker, a little harder, um, and they make a gator out of that. Now, that's going to be like a chap, though. I don't know if you can roll those down, mm-hmm. but those will attach to it. I want to say they do roll down. Or they might. I could be wrong. It'd be great to have they something like that, you know? Yeah, but those, yeah. that's another product that I know they still do currently make those. Well, I, I consider getting down into my underwear like Dan the other day, and I'm like, man. You can. I'm not. <laughs> not I just, no. just enough to, like, roll my pants up or something, and I was like, how am I even going to do this? And I ended up going, like, down the river enough to get myself to a point where I could cross, yeah. and I got some water in my boots, and it's fine. It actually felt kind of good after a while. <laughs> oh, well. You know, but whatever. Yeah, you keep moving. I mean, I filled. I got, I got two pairs of neoprene boots. Um, mm-hmm. One, one's a pair of Camex, and I've had, I had a pair of uh, mucks, just like what Dan was running, and mine looked just about as bad a shape. Yeah. And then my wife got me another set like them for Christmas, and I, I swamped both of those. So my boot dryer's gotten a workout this year, and yeah, just a matter of three. Right now, I think. Yep. Anyway. Well, thanks for you the know. call, Greg. We'll, we'll take some more. I think I missed a couple, so we'll. Yeah, no. Let you go. That picture uh, on here. We'd love to see it for those who haven't. I'm sure it's made its rounds on the internet mm-hmm. so far, but for context around this call, that'd be great. Sure. Uh, am I posting it at Facebook or am I posting um, it? If you're watching the live broadcast, that could be. I'm not. Oh, well, you can if you'd go into to find it. I think if you just go to the Where to Hunt page, it should be broadcasting okay. live still. All right. Yeah, I'll see if I can post you a couple pics. Cool, man. Thanks so much. Scott, I see you on there, too. You do the same if you can. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, Greg. Sounds good. Yep. See you, Jeff. That was awesome. Yeah, he had a hell of a buck there. That's awesome. I can't wait to share it on here for people to see. I saw that. I'm like, uh, I'm so happy for him. Yeah, he did. But I'm also a little little envious. Hell, yeah. (laughs) Who who isn't? I mean, you get the itch, and you want to have success. I haven't, I haven't come as close as I have this year and any other year, and I, so close, man, so close. Well, it's, it'll happen. You just got to keep up the confidence, and everything happens for a reason with it. That's a good point. I'm, I'm very excited, though. I'm, I'm pretty pleased with having at least seen action like that and knowing mm-hmm. that I'm in the right place at the right time doing mm-hmm. the right things. That gives me hope for the fact that I'm maybe not too far out from making yeah, it happen. Yeah, well, right before, I was talking to Dan before I came over, and He's been hitting it hard too, and I mean, he's only had one opportunity at a shooter. But, sure. You know, I've had two opportunities, haven't gotten it done yet. But that's all you that's can ultimately goes. ask for yeah. is an opportunity. Yep. And if you're out there, you're in the game, you're trying. That's all we can ask for. Yeah. So I mean, you've seen a couple of nice ones too out there. Yeah, man, I get really jacked up too. I usually mm-hmm. call my dad right away. Dad. Yeah. It's the same as it's always been. You dad, never, dad, dad. Sometimes you can do pull the bump and dump on them, too, if they'll come right back. Yeah. You I tried know. grunting, too, and I thought, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they were really concerned, the bucks that I saw. So it was um, hunting by a river bottom, and I heard all this crashing. Did you? This, the hardwoods that was on the north side of where I was on the north side of the river. I was on the south side of the river, and I'm like, oh, wow. You know, and all of a sudden, I saw this just giant rack. Yeah. Uh, grunting and snorting at a smaller buck, yep. like a little four-pointer, yep. and chasing him out of something. He was probably he was moving pretty into pissed. that dude's bedding area. I think that's what it was. Um, get out of there. He might have been on a hot doe, too, that he didn't want anybody maybe near. Maybe that's what it was. Because he chased another it. bigger buck out of the same area. So I yeah. saw 
this one aggressive buck chasing these other two. I don't think they're on. They're not on lockdown at all. There's still a lot of, you know, cruising around going on right now. This should be a really good week, though. Yeah, it should be. It should be a great next, you know, seven to ten day window. You got off work in Wisconsin. We are, so. This is the time. I might get sick tomorrow. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So I, whoever called, I think we had two missed calls. It may have been the same person. I'm not sure, but uh, we're open now or we got the line free. So I was ignoring them before. I don't know what happens if I try to answer with another caller on. If we get a big party going, I don't want to do that. Yeah. It might be too technologically advanced. So I'll hang out for a couple more minutes here to see if we can get those people to call back. we got time. We've only been live for a half hour. We've got two, two callers fast. so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in any event, the, the buck that I did see chasing those ones away when he – first came chasing the smaller guy i uh you know kind of did a visual check mm-hmm. on how far the shot would be and i estimated about 40 yards so mm-hmm. i adjusted my single side pin which you know that i got mm-hmm. from our adventure mm-hmm. earlier this year all right and uh they kind of just slowed down and started meandering and taking their time putzing around really? and i was like i might get a shot here you know mm-hmm. and then i don't know what happened but they synced back up with each other and started fucking around again and tore off you know yeah, the other slept. direction so i was like and it had nothing to do with me. It was all mm-hmm. about those two having some sort of mm-hmm. animosity or whatever those it was. Those two bucks didn't like each yeah. other in the same yeah. area. So I was like, no, <laughs> don't, don't run away. Come yeah, back. Yeah, no, they're kind of enemies now. So. But it was cool to see. Mm-hmm. It was cool to see that kind mm-hmm. of activity. And, and then when I saw him chase another one off, a bigger one, he kind of chased him off. And then he came back, rubbed a tree, and then I thought he bedded down. Mm-hmm. And I was going to try to make a move on him. And he had gone off. It, didn't, it just didn't right work, on. obviously. Well, if you're seeing action, you know you're in the right spot. Yeah, it's fun. That's all you can really ask for. Super fun. I've seen more deer this year than more big bucks, more bucks than any other year. So are you bow hunting, hunting. A lot of bedding areas or just outside? Well, of I, so I've areas? learned where the bedding areas are now. It yep. took me a little bit to figure that out, but yep. really I was just trying to go into the thicker stuff. I wasn't hunting the the woods, the hardwoods. I was so hunting into the like bottoms and the swampy, marshy areas. The transition areas between the different covers, or I actually went further even. Um, out of the woods and into the marsh area mm-hmm. just based on what you guys have to mm-hmm. say and uh that helped i did sit on one of the rainier days a week or two ago on the transition mm-hmm. um, i didn't see anything not not one thing it was a morning set that was all i have time for lately is morning mm-hmm. sits which mm-hmm. i feel like i i think evenings would be better but i don't know mm-hmm. you know i've heard stories i about used to like hunting mornings a lot um and now I just find myself, I'm liking the afternoon, going out, yep. you know, early afternoon because I can go in, if it's a new area especially, because then can I can see. go in, I can see, I can look at the sign, I can see if there's hot yep. sign, I can pick the tree I want, I know what I'm dealing with. Yep. In the um, morning when it's dark, morning sits are for areas that you are familiar with. That's mm-hmm. how I, I Yeah, I agree it. with that, especially during the rut. I like to be out there for right at, before gray light, it yep. even hits, like sitting in that tree for like a good, you know, 45 minutes Absolutely. before it even starts to get gray and then just sit there and be quiet and mm-hmm. just wait but lately i've been seeing that afternoon movement really starting to ramp up sure you know so a lot of guys are they don't go out there i mean i had a big buck at two o'clock come through and he came back through at four o'clock on saturday you know hmm. the exact same spot well, how do you I mean, think do you two, think two o'clock most people are just starting to think about going back out into right. the woods mm-hmm Daylight savings time doesn't have an impact on deer no. movement at all because they're going off of the, the sun same as it always is. Yeah, but day to them. for us, we're like screws everything early mornings are easier humans. now. Yeah, I must wonder if some patterns change for them though. You know, well, I think that patterns change when they start to get into that rut. Yeah, you know, yeah. and they're just all on different all things. You start yeah, to they're see getting videos. up out of their be- their buck beds and going from that bedding area to another known bedding area and scent checking it and things like that so just depends on where you are you know they're gonna go from bedding area to bedding area so your rut tactics need to almost you know depends on what you're hunting too if you're hunting an older age class of animal Mm -hmm. hunting right over that bed is a good tactic Mm -hmm. if you're hunting you know just like say a two or one two three year old rut tactics getting between them like in funnels or just between bedding areas and catching cruising you'll catch a lot more volume of deer there sure i think those really big huge giants just using the bed hunting is the way to go okay 
that's what we do. So I like to sit between two bedding areas on a leeward side, yep. you know, and just kind of let the traffic come through. It's going to come you through. You've had success. You know? Yeah, I've had a lot Seen of the success most you got. doing that. Yeah. You know, it's just playing the conditions right it's all wind based and even if you're hunting just you know flat ground if you're hunting in the swamp you know which a lot of guys are um being on the downwind side of a mm -hmm. bedding area because mm -hmm. that buck's going to come through there and he's going to want to skirt the downwind side so he can scent check that if anything's yep. in it so if you're on that downwind side he's not going to smell you he's cutting through there according to where you are and then you can get a poke at him this is uh, going to seem weird, mm -hmm. but a long time ago, I took sailing lessons. Mm -hmm. My employer paid for them. It was a company that manufactured sailing equipment. And so it's kind of a neat experience. And they talk about points of sail, and points of sail had to do with the direction you'd be utilizing the mm -hmm. wind to fill the sail. And I almost feel like points of sail could really apply to how a deer is going to cut the wind to yeah. sun check and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I would love to see some comparisons of points of sale to deer movement and see if there's any way to speak about it that way. And that same term almost applies to like when we say we're hunting a bed, mm -hmm. but we're hunting it on a just off wind. Okay. So, you know, the way that that wind is going into the bedding area, yep. you're setting up so that your wind is still going into that bedding area, but it's just missing where that buck is. Got it. Um, there's been cases where we it's been 10 feet you know where he comes up and just he doesn't just catch, it, ever catch so your wind stream sure. until he's like 10 feet away or whatever Got it. 10 yards you know and then like you, before an it's too late sure. for him to figure that out or send send you he's gonna be dead huh. you know that's how you gotta just play it because you know a lot of the times of the wind you know they're there for a specific reason in the marsh they'll, they'll bed in that stuff almost on any wind yeah but the way that they go into those beds is wind that's specific. what's different okay they'll use the wind to their advantage to bed because they want to smell that that's a safe bed before they go into it i never i don't know that i realized that i yeah. just assume like traveling out of the bed is that out of the bed when they get up to go they'll mm. go wherever the hell they want to go that day hmm. if they're going say with the wind yep they'll go maybe slower mm -hmm. you know but because they're smelling behind them and they're using their eyes ahead of them sure now if the wind is blowing in their nose whatever way when they leave mm -hmm. they might go a little faster because they can they're more confident further yeah and see um but i they'll get out of the bed i mean i've sat in the marsh and i've seen them get up and go in the middle of <laughs> a cattail ocean yeah. that's like two miles to the nearest food they're gonna go where they need to go when period. there's corn or whatever sure. right behind them and they just want to go that way on that day huh um, but when you're in hill country, if you have a point, that buck is usually going to either peel off to the one side of the point or the other side of the point. Yep. And that's when I usually will look at like little micro adjustments of if that wind is coming over the, the point just on a hair one other way and creating like a little micro wind tunnel on that other slope. Mm -hmm. then I think he'll go out that way. You know, they'll go either way. Mm -hmm. Right there, you're down to, a, like, most of the time, a 50% chance. And when you observe the behavior, is it, the exit there. is it checking out like that's the case? That, that you think it's going to do this, and then it does that, and you kind of reaffirm some of that? My, my property that I have in Minnesota, when I've hunted that, and they've gotten up and left, I always find that they always leave towards the the one side more because of the northwest sure. wind that's for those points i feel that it get kind of wraps over the one side just a hair more mm -hmm. the way that the topography is um so i kind of set up over there more the more time. than the other times yeah hmm. you know and i've watched them and i've had a lot of bucks following that but they also there's sometimes whatever. too where if you you know you're you're that's another case is you're going by what you see and observe in that case not saying that that buck might not have he might have been bedded there mm -hmm. and went the other way or he might not have been bedded there at all so you know it's you're judging success based on just what you're seeing you know like right saying well i only shoot deer when it's on a calm day you know then you're going to believe well on windy days success sucks for me you sure. know so deer don't you know, so i've driven a ford all my it's life all, and it's always worked or i've driven a chevy all my life and it's always had problems yeah, yeah so well, it's all fun. relevant yeah. to what your experience is or what you hunt you know i don't think there's ever a bad day to mm -hmm. ever be in the woods that's so. what greg said no i, I mean, think you're absolutely right 
No, I did it. There's another podcast that I was on. It was a down south hunting podcast. Okay. And they did a whole series on the weather and radio collar deer and their movements and all of that. And their deer move no matter what, you know. Sure. If it was heavy rain, whatnot. I mean, they even talked about an example of a hurricane where the deer... They hunkered down during the hurricane, but right. just before it, they were just doing their normal thing. and moving and doing their thing. Huh. You know, they're trying to locate a higher spot during the hurricane because yep. they were getting flooded out by different things, but they're just going to do their thing, you know. I don't blame them. They don't want to be in that heavy, miserable crap either. They're like people. Well, I think that too. I and This comes from my dad a little bit, but and, and this is a little bit of observation, but it really, to me, like I've seen... I've seen deer in, in the Nicolet when I start, first started hunting up there. These deer take the path of least resistance a lot of times. Oh, yeah. They're not trying to work extra hard either, you know? No. They're not that much different about us. Um, I mean, like, no. as humans, we don't want to work too hard for things no. either. By and large, we'd rather take the easy route. I, yeah. um, so these deer seem to do similar things, at mm-hmm. least to that degree. Mm-hmm. I have noticed some of that. Some of the big walking trails I walked in on, like, the logging roads up in the Nicolet, I'd see deer come right down that, too. I'm like thinking that they'd be in some really thick stuff or whatever and in yep. this case they just they just weren't yep. you know that's, that's kind of yeah. fascinating or yep. like you see power line cut lines things like that and deer will use that path because it's easier yep. i don't know i mean yeah there's your basic you know bedding things that you gotta all take into account is your foundation and why they're there and yep. things like that but once you understand that then they'll take and they'll put up with a whole the humans or what are in that specific area mm-hmm. where they're living because that, to them, that's normal. They know how to skirt the danger. They know how to relocate. They know how to adjust and survive. Yep. So sometimes, you know, like in, even Greg brought up that point of those pheasant hunters. Using those pheasant hunters, that's a huge tool. I mean, those are guys going out there, and they're stacking areas. They're pushing all those deer out of that secondary and third, you know, degree bedding. Yep. And focusing them more on probably real nasty little islands or points where you know people don't want to walk to because it's so thick or they're going to relocate by a parking lot where no pheasant hunters want to hunt you know so they're basically eliminating tons a of whole bunch of, of property land yeah for you that you don't have to hunt or yep. that you think might hold it um i know where we hunt down here we use that all the time yep. let them just come in and stack an area and then let all the islands just pile full of deer you know, and then what is gun? Two weeks from now, basically, yep, in Wisconsin. Basically, yeah. So ten ten days. Yeah. Seven days. Same thing. Pheasant hunters went through there, they're stacked it for us. I know when the gun hunters go through they're gonna have all on the dry land because nobody's gonna go in where we're gonna go. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna stack all of that stuff. And so you'll then they're find drive us, the bucks into the Yeah, we're yeah. the only people that'll go in and walk past other groups to get to other areas. And they know we do, and when we're in there, we'll walk through those bedding areas that people won't go and get to, and then, mm-hmm. you know, we're the only people shooting on those days. Um, but yet they see you do it every year, and they just don't do it. They mm-hmm. refuse to, because most people don't want to walk through water that's ankle deep or higher. Right. Which blows me away. I don't want to do it either, well, but then I do. Yeah. And then well, once you're in, it's one of those things that once you cross the threshold... It's like the, if you know, oh, I don't want to get wet. I don't want to get wet. If you're if you're swimming, right? I don't want to jump in. And then once you All jump right. in, then you're good. It's mm-hmm. once you cross that literal threshold and What's, that mental threshold, yeah, well, then you'll you're put up then you're okay. Deem as your normal. It's that first that first falling into it where it's like, right. Well, now I'm in it, right? So now it don't matter. But no. it's that first couple of steps that you're like, Ooh. there's no other way. <laughs> That's all I am, um, anyways. It's not for everybody. I mean, it is kind of dangerous. There's spots out there where there is no. If it's bottom. really cold, or yeah, that can get kind of sketchy too. I mean, we've start... had guys go through their armpits. <laughs> you know, it's it's ugly at mm-hmm. times, but that could be there's fun. Times that you pull out a giant buck too, and it makes it worth it. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the armpit scenario freaks me out if you're by yourself. But it happens. Yeah. I used yeah. to see that funny part is I used to do that as a kid all the time for frogs and turtles. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. In the Pewaukee River and well, muck up to our armpits as little kids. and You survived. Yeah, super fun. And now as an adult for some reason, it's kind of like, well, I don't want to get wet. No. Until I do, and then it doesn't, like I said, then it doesn't matter. Right. But, well, if anybody else wants to call in, we're here for, I guess we'll do a couple more minutes here just to see if we get any stragglers that want to call. Um, if you ain't wet, you ain't hunting. <laughs> you know it. 
Headliner's work is soft. Nice. Yeah, absolutely, man. I don't know who we missed. I'm sorry if we missed you. Or sorry that I missed you. But um, thanks for calling in for those that did. Greg, my dad. I think that was it. They're, they're good calls. Um, be willing to take a couple more here. We'll give it to... Uh, this is what I do at the end of this. I'll give it a, a deadline. And we'll see how it goes. So it's 8.16 right now, Central Standard Time. We'll give it till about... Oh, this is where it gets tricky. This is like the last cast syndrome. Uh, 8.20? Four more minutes? Maybe 8.25 if we get onto some good stuff? Put a map up there in the comments thing. I'll look at it right now and we'll kind of give you an idea what to zone in on or what we're thinking you should. So, free map tutorial right on the spot. Act now. You know, there was one time I actually used the same software to uh, share a different screen. I don't remember how I did that. I think you had called in or you had commented on mm -hmm. it or something to that effect. I was sharing the property I'm actually on now. Oh, yeah. On I that. remember that. I just remember how I did it. This software is so tricky. This video display. I'm not going to mess with it now, but I'll have to get better at that. I think I can actually make it so I can just transition and cut to different screens here. Mm -hmm. So that could be fun. We could do that mm -hmm. on one of these where we mm -hmm. go back and forth. Look at maps. Yep. Different terrain, swamps or hills. Or wind or food or... Yep. I don't know. There's lots to look at. The oxbows, that's that's where I ended you know, up you this last weekend as was an oxbow and that's where they were. I told you. You weren't freaking wrong. That's where three bucks were mm -hmm. in an oxbow. Now, I don't know that they were bedded there, but they were certainly... Why do you think they were bedded there? I don't know that they were. I think they were. Well, at least one should should have been. Maybe it was the big guy scaring My guess away. is those oxbows, they were there because there's probably doe bedding in those areas. Sure. So they were cruising around those different things, or they were bedded very close to that. And I did kick up three deer on my way in, and two of them could have been the first, the, the two that I eventually saw, but one of them I never got a good look Where at. Where did you kick those through? Was it? They were the, on the south... Well, I kicked up one edge? on the south side, and I kicked up two on the north side. What was that, like, terrain like? Uh, it was all river, river bottom. So outside of the... It on the edge of the river, was, yep. Yeah, so they have, yeah, they're all bedded down there because they're using the river as a form of security. Yep. Knowing it's that a, a predator or something can't come in from a one hunter. side. <laughs> yeah. Or a person that they're going to hear so that they'll have their back towards that yep. most of the time, and then they're looking out from it. Sure. So they're there as a security. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw the one that I kicked up, and I don't know what it was. It could have been a buck or doe, but it just kind of slinked through some thicker stuff. Didn't make any noise at and all. If I wasn't looking, I wouldn't another, have known. Another tactic with that is, is if you get a situation like that, and say it's a really deep river, and they can't yep. cross that, but yeah, you're finding all kinds of bedding in there. If you go in there with a partner, and you put one, you know, you can have your boat Come towards and just go sides. up and just still hunt your way through that. Sure. And have another guy up. You're using that river as a funnel. Okay. And have him go up and set up and just, you know, get in a stand or whatnot. And you just kind of walk right through that it. thing. Sure. Yeah, you're just going to slowly bump those. And if you go slow enough, and that's how we gun hunt so, too, so is you don't go. ever want to go fast enough where you get those deer or talk. You want to yeah. go complete silent, and you just are basically getting them up and having them slink away like the one yep walk away they don't want to you don't want to ever get them running or spooked or nothing just have them get up out of their bed and leave naturally and you're going to try to just push them right to that shooter sure we've done that the, now that i'm thinking about it man because i was going easily. in my my scent was blowing ahead of me right yep. so it wasn't yeah that's interesting it's one of those where if my dad would have been hunting the same day I was, mm -hmm. we were thinking about it properly. Just taking could have done advantage that. of yeah. that terrain and that situation and that you know that there's a string of beds there and that the possibility exists that you can bump one right to the other person. Mm -hmm. That's a tactic. That's a great tactic for gun hunting. Seems like a great tactic. Like for gun hunting, that's yep. basically little micro drives. And when we do the drives, we only have usually like six seven people tops that's pushers and shooters all together and you don't take a great big area you take these tiny little pieces and you do them correctly okay of where you know that there's going to be bedding 
where if you were a deer and you've looked at a map and you said that island tip, that peninsula, that transition edge, there should be bedding there. And then you take into account which way the wind is doing it. The big stuff usually likes to either get up and run into the wind Mm -hmm. or run with the wind. Mm -hmm. Very rarely will they cut Cut into it off of it at a 90 degree because they want to take advantage of it with or without. But going sideways, the big stuff generally doesn't want to do that. So that's how you we can you know you figure out where to put your pushers and where to put your posters. You know some things you can't push a certain way, um, just because of the way a lake lays or a river lays sure. or whatever. You can only push it a certain way. But man, see, learning. It's fun. Learning. I wish mean, I had this but... conversation with you like a week ago. <laughs> well, okay, day twenty. No, if anyone else wants to call. Give you a couple seconds. Otherwise, we're going to go ahead and end the live video for now. We'll publish this as a podcast. Going once. Um, Yeah, going once, twice. Greg, thanks for trying to post. I realized the same uh, after you posted that. So maybe we can do it after the fact. I don't have the option. It doesn't. I tried to do the same thing. I was going to share my dad's 15-pointer that he talked about that uh, shot in the rain. (laughs) Anyway. Well, cool. Thanks, guys and gals. Uh, for tuning in we'll do this again here trying to get a good cadence with it so thanks a lot good luck okay so there was i think a lot of great content in this episode uh jeff and i continued the conversation after some calls and uh, talked about hunting oxbows and river bottoms and trying to understand how bucks travel and how does use those bedding areas um how bucks typically aren't going to cut into the wind they're going to travel against it or with it and you can use that to your advantage if you're doing a deer drive whether that's gun season or bow just a a lot to learn it never stops i'm a i'm more obsessed than i think i ever have been and i'm i'm loving that i'm applying knowledge into the field and seeing the the fruits of that knowledge being applied and and knowing that I'm in the right place doing the right things, so to speak. And, you know, maybe I don't have the opportunity to draw back, but seeing and getting eyes on bigger bucks and bucks in general and watching that activity has just been so fun for me. And uh, so my tip of the week this week, I usually have cheesy tips and uh, it is what it is. I'm no expert, so I got to pull from what I do know. Uh, You've all heard me say I'm the world's okayest hunter. That being said, I've actually noticed that you know, there's ways to identify rut activity without actually being in the woods. You know, a lot of us have jobs that we have to go to. <laughs> and if we don't have the luxury of having vacation time or you don't want to take unpaid time off or whatever, you only got the weekends, there's things you can pay attention to, whether that's, um, you know, deer on the side of the road that may have gotten hit by cars. I've talked about that in the past. But additionally, what I've started to notice is there's a lot of non-hunters that will post deer um activity and certain deer behavior like a buck um you know at work or a buck in their yard by the feeder or a buck doing weird things with their like you start to see this these posts happening on social media whether that's facebook instagram twitter whatever from people that aren't hunters posting rut behavior and they just think wow look at those deer that's in my yard they have no idea um half the time that it's because of rut behavior they're just posting the stuff because they haven't seen stuff like that before so i'm seeing a huge uptick in that type of posting from people that aren't hunters um without realizing that they're posting rut behavior and rut activity and so the more i notice that going on the more i'm realizing oh my gosh you're right that the rut is really on so that's my tip of the week this week is to be um maybe not mindful but like be aware and, and take notice of that stuff. And if you see it, maybe thank those people um, for letting you know that it's time to be in the woods if you don't already realize that. And, and maybe pay attention to like the region or the ge- like the geographic region. Where are they at? And if that's anywhere near around where you do your hunting. So anyway, we're going to look to do another call-in show next week. Very excited. Next week's going to be a fun one. It'll be very short. I'm not looking for tactics or or feedback or stories, maybe a little bit of stories. I don't mind that at all, but want to do the the where you're going, what you're taking. I'm uh, stealing that from uh, Bob and Brian, so I can't take credit for it, but I like to make it my own, and it's a lot of fun. In any event, 
Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Good luck this season and hunt publics.